Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't... What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting the, oh, the, the ball! Get the ball! Get the ball! I hope he didn't kill somebody. Hey there, long time no see. It's 11 personnel. Nick Ralph, my man. And Adam Walker. Yeah, I, I, I ditched y'all, y'all. Ditched all you fools. Did a little uh, staycation, a little rest and relaxation. Slept in. Um, you know, that, all that good stuff. Grew out a little bit of face hair. Not as beardy as you, though. The beard's looking good on you, Mr. Luckett. I know, it's gotten a little... A little lengthy on me right quick one one thing i learned during this time is that uh we got married a day apart we did great nice <laughs> like alike and, it, and it's not just like no their anniversary is close no like the wedding dates uh you were the 20th we friday night and you were saturday yeah i went with the friday night wedding bold strategy cotton let's see if it pays off i guess it has after two but, years with catholic churches in louisville it's either getting married at like 2 p.m. or we could squeeze it in Friday night. So well, we decided to just go ahead and squeeze it in Friday night. night. And it worked out really well. That's no how uh, the, but in my, and my wife's, she's got a really small hometown. That's real Catholic too. They just get married at like two in the afternoon before the late mass or whatever at five. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hotter than sin that day, though. I'll tell you what. It was hot that Friday. I think that was the hottest weekend of the year. Oh, you know, it always is. And that's indicative of the last five days we've had in the Commonwealth. We're in Florida weather right now. Get the the four or five o'clock thunderstorm that just makes things humid and miserable. Oh, God. And my son right now, he only – about about, we try to keep him awake before bedtime, so about 7.30 – he just wants to be outside. And I stepped outside with him today. Oh, my God. I just started sweating. I mean, I, it was worse than Horn Church. It was so bad. Just dripping sweat, uh, damn humidity. And now I feel like an old man because I'm complaining about the, the heat and the humidity and fireworks, which are how, – how are you – how's Merle with the fireworks? Dogs do not care about fireworks. Oh. They don't care about fireworks, thunder, lightning. Another drill bit. Hates vacuums. Oh. But does not care about fireworks. Lightning. Speaking of Merle, he's got a new pal. He does. Moose in the house. Merle Moose. A moose in the house. <laughs> now, is uh, how, how's he taken to a little pup? He, he's doing about as well as expected. He <laughs> he likes uh, his, uh, his uh, own personal time. Oh, he's going to have some me time. You know. Sometimes Moose kind of steps over the line. They're Choose still the trying to establish boundaries <laughs> of when to do which, but they get along really well. There's been no, no really scuffles yet. You're, you're, so this is the time, the, the pandemic, the, the coronavirus 
shut down in the world. T- best time to get a puppy as far as potty training and being around him and all that stuff goes. Mm-hmm. I'm worried though that you may have started this a little too late. Like maybe this was puppy time should have happened a month or two ago. You you might be right on that. We've been, we had we've kind of, we there was one dog we found we put our application in. He was like a great Dane mix. Oh man, we didn't get him. We never heard back from oh, like. And then we found a litter that uh, Moose is in. We found one that we that we applied for. That one got scooped up, but we had Moose as a backup. We met him and. Okay, I didn't know if this was next Saturday. I didn't. I didn't know if this was a oh surprise Taylor happy anniversary. (laughs) No, we've been looking for a little bit. Yeah, how how did you celebrate your anniversary? I I forgot to ask that. Fine night out on the town. Yeah, we went to Grassa Grandma in Louisville. Oh man, it's Italian restaurant off like in Westport Village area. Oh, we went just as fancy. We went to Texas Roadhouse. (laughs) Grassa Grandma about. Uh, soft seven, I'd say. Nice. Service spectacular. Um, the setting is different. I liked. It had a grilled Caesar salad, which is to die for. Probably one of the best salads I've ever had. You want like a diet or something? You go to an Italian restaurant, you get a Caesar. Well, no, salad? That, that, that's just that's like that. They're especially like you get this here. Oh, uh, okay. And no, no, was, wait, can you say that? Again? Can you pronounce this again? It was a like a grilled Caesar salad. Like no, 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 the, the the name of the restaurant. Oh, Grassa Grandma. Grassa Grandma. Grassa Grandma. Grassa Grandma. Grassa Grandma. Oh man, that's great. That's Taylor great. was getting on me. She's like, "You sound. You, sound, you don't know how to say it right." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You're trying. You, you can take the kid out of Oklahoma, but you t- can't take the Oklahoma out of the kid. Uh, you can't beat a good TXRH night out. Yeah, no, and we were planning on going somewhere fancier, but it was like, man, we haven't had Texas Roadhouse in like four months. Let's just do that. And you know what? It's the least crowded I've ever been to a Texas Roadhouse, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went not too long ago, and it was really good. And can I also – one other thing that's developed over the last – this has probably been the last few weeks, but I think this is a great move for your brand. Uh, and, I, you know, the Adam Luckett brand, it's it's been cultivated over many years, but I think you're hitting a few high points really hard lately and that's one of those is the development of the word blue chip or even jr justin rolling over cats illustrate he's like man what gets really turned blue chips back into a thing it was dead for a while but blue chips is back and number two it's it's the tweet that i i wait for every saturday and sometimes i'm a little disappointed that it comes too late and that's it's at bud light time that's it that's all it is and a little a little gif or picture the most recent one, I think, it was NWO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been leaning into my uh, my comfort zone. My comfort zone is college football recruiting and drinking a few Bud Lights on Saturday. No, the the one that I was just disappointed is it was like fourth. I think it might have been Fourth of July, and it's late. And I'm like, whoa! whoa but like, you like you had service issues at the lake. Mm-hmm. I myself had some service issues. Oh, at the lake. so it had been Bud Light time, and yeah. you were just. You're you're getting into what's drunk tweet. <laughs> I think I tweeted that out at like maybe noon or so, and it probably didn't get released till PM. Aha, uh-huh. I see. Finally went through. I see, I see. Well, I just just so you know, I'm I'm going to be looking forward to the it's Bud Light time for the foreseeable well, future, and I might just have to crack a few every once in a while. Whenever every year, last couple of years, I've done like this gift countdown. 
kind of like 100 days till college football season kicks off. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I didn't want to do it this year. Just in case. Yeah, just right, – I don't right. I can't have anybody messing up my countdown. <laughs> but I have found – I don't know if you've found it to be the same way. When COVID thing started, like conference tournament weekend, mm-hmm. those three or four weeks were a slog. Right. But I have, have felt ever since we realized, all right, everything's canceled. Everything's going to have to be rescheduled. Time has kind of flown by. Like, yeah, it's yeah. already past July 4th. Well, and that's typically the like, okay, summer's usually halfway it's, over. You usually know? it's a slog from Labor Day on until, or excuse me, Memorial Day until Labor Day, just mm-hmm. getting through that. But this edition of summer has felt like it's going really fast. Well, hell, I think Phil Steele's going to be out here in a week. I mean, we're going to have Phil Steele's to he, read here soon. Well, he did push his back, I think. He pushed it back a couple weeks this year. Well, because – Weren't they having problems with, like, getting printers and stuff? Like, it almost didn't happen. Well, no, I think he uh, – I think I wrote an article, wrote something Andy Staples wrote that said, like, he didn't know. He thought about not doing it this year. There might have been a printer. I'm not sure. Yeah, can you imagine? Understand. Yeah, because that was one of those where I saw the headline and I was like, "Do I really want?" to No, read I know this? what happened. He had to send a bunch of people home. He had to lay people off uh, because people couldn't be at the office, so he didn't have his, you know, army or whatnot. Bill Steele like has to have people. an office too. He cannot work remotely. Can you imagine <laughs> him like well y- using like an iPad? No, not Phil Steele. You know, he's, in the the magazine, he's like, like those old first school. Couple, He's he's an old school writer that uses like M DOS to like type out everything just because he likes the way it looks. <laughs> like he's one of those kind of guys. He has the uh, in the magazine like one of the first five or six seven pages is his TV bank of the where he watches the games. If you you just go to the Phil Still any Phil Still you have it's like the sixth or seventh page. It's okay. either in the front or the back. I'm gonna I got some right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it out while you're talking. That is. At his office. I always thought it was, you know, at his house, but it turns out that's at his office. The picture that he tweets out all the time about all the games he's got rolling and stuff. Yeah. He just shows – he has like 12 TVs. I love it. And then he goes to an office. He has that in his office. God, that is the most Phil Steele just – Hey, man, I I know Matt and Drew, they love to poke fun at him for his picks, but I – he's a a tradition unlike any other, you know? I mean, that's – Phil is – who he is. And I, I think what I like most is that he he takes his time with it to such an extent that like it has everything that if you're a fan of the team, you might not learn something new about it, but it he checks every single one of your boxes. So much so that he has his own index of like abbreviations because he can't fit anything in there. <laughs> and he did gambling stuff for a while that no one else really touched. And I think that's what drove his popularity there for a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's a perfect, I think example of why college football is so great. You don't have a Phil still in <laughs> major league base- baseball, or you don't have a Phil still in national football league. I think the closest this thing you could get kind of to what's great about football or college football, that like kind of weird personality that just fits. And it, it really – you didn't see it come out until he started doing those SVP hits, but Tim Kirkshin in baseball. 
Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, baseball's got some guys that you could probably because they're all because they're so much so, well, it's so numbers driven. Uh huh. And you could probably find the guys, but it's just I think college football has been the sport that's always been you know really really popular. It's got nationally popular here over the last decade or so, where it's not just regional anymore, especially mm-hmm. with the playoff. Um, but what makes it great is that it's just weird. Teams don't play each other. It's very regionally based. Mm-hmm. You have writers who've determined national championships for decades who never saw a bunch of teams play. Mm-hmm. These random bowl games that everybody thinks are really cool for the longest time. And you kind of you play 11 games and the season's over. The season's over in two and a half months. That's pretty <laughs> much it. And I think it's – it's in all like for 12 weeks, it's just a full out sprint every Saturday. You're sitting, you can sit in front of the TV for literally 14 hours and watch college football all day on Saturday. And you can do that for two and a half months. And there's a, it's a roller coaster of a season that has the best regular season in sports. And then it has this weird post season. And Phil still was just a guy that kind of could connect with guy, uh, Joe, Joe Smith and Birmingham, but also, Daryl Thomas up in Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. and, and people that interest in the same thing, and Phil still gave them pretty much a football encyclopedia. Yeah, and especially if you're like a, a kid who, you know, you want to learn about all these different teams. Like I remember – Well, just a media person's best friend too. I mean, oh, it's, man. It's a media guide for every team. It's in uh, the thing that's great is whenever you go to SEC Media Days and you see people who are everybody with their Phil Still. Well, because they know what they're doing, but they just everybody uses it as a reference material, mm-hmm. uh, and you know you need it because there's always that some random guy from like, you know, oh, what's that tackle's name from Georgia that's really good? And last year was Andrew Smith, and you know it's stuff like that that really makes you sound smart when you talk on TV or radio. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's good. At, Phil Steele has made a lot of media folks sound a lot smarter over the years. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for this year's edition to come out. And no matter what happens with this college football season, I'm going to be treating it. Here's this, the, the little song and dance we've done on the, the daily that's made it feel longer for some, but has actually helped it fly by, is that no matter what updates we get, we're, we've, we're just projecting for the most part. So up until teams are set to start camp at like the beginning of August, like we can treat most of this like normal. So I had a conversation with a buddy like it, who's a Louisville fan and he just bought season tickets this year. He's pretty pumped. He's in the, the fill the circle part of the, the bowl or whatever the, the new end zone. And he's a barber. So he, he, he has to talk shop all the time with people. And he was like, listen, I'm, this is going to be the first ever Governor's Cup where the teams are ranked. We talked it out, and it's like, you know what? As much as I love to dog Scott and his tots, that that's probably going to happen because they have the teams. Uh, bo- both schools have brand names that they can beat. So, like, Auburn's a brand name Kentucky can beat on the road, especially if you're not dealing with a crazy-ass Jordan-Hare Stadium. Virginia Tech comes to Louisville and basically – their entire that that's the battle for who's the number two team in the ACC. So long as Mac Brown and, and North Carolina don't don't have something to say about it. So there's this there's scenario where we have a Governor's Cup on Thanksgiving Day that doesn't get kicked down to ESPNU and we got to deal with dumbass Mike Patrick calling the game. 
God, that drove me. I mean, just way to step on a great moment, Mike Patrick. Way to ruin everything. Kentucky could get a uh, Kentucky Louisville Governor's Cup could get prime time ESPN uh, showcase on Rivalry Saturday in the college football season. Here's one thing I want to say about Louisville. They are very thin at some positions. If they have an injury or two, I think the thing could possibly train fall off the tracks. Now, here's the thing with their schedule. Like, the ACC is going to be a lot better this year. It can't get any worse. And then, I like it. Some of them went to bowls, though, last year. you got to remember, there was, there was like okay. four, five, seven-win teams in there. So, it was pretty awful. And I think them going to Syracuse, they go into Boston College. Those are two row games, very winnable early in the year. But don't sleep on that WKU game because WKU has a defense that's legitimate, like top 25 good potentially. Mm. And they return 10 starters or so. They don't know who's going to play quarterback, but they find any offensive all that that's a scary game. But Hell, the NC State game just opened the yeah. season. You can't that, – that's a that could derail it from the start. But mm-hmm. to your point, Hawkins goes down, Cunningham goes down, like he did almost every other game last year. You know, you're in trouble. But that Florida State-Virginia Tech stretch after the bye, two, two back-to-back – that's the biggest – two back-to-back home games. That has to be one of the biggest back-to-back home stretches for Louisville in program history. Yeah, get hell, two brand names at home back to back, and you're going to have a really good chance to win both of them. Yeah. And if you win those games, you're probably if if you win every game you're supposed to, you know you're sitting at seven and one. You potentially if you win those games. I, I can recall one that's on the table where they beat Miami at home, and I think that was right after they had also beat Florida State. I want to say it was that 06 year when they went to the Orange Bowl. I, th- those games were close together, and then when they were independent, but they sucked and they would get killed in them. But like when they played Texas and like Penn State, they had they had a bunch of big names on the schedule. Yeah. They get rocked. Um, but this is like some some legitimate chances to win. But the the point being, I like to where I'm at right now. I would much rather fantasize about the possibility of a top twenty five Governors Cup game than the doom and gloom. So, you know, it's possible. Just, it's, it, it's possible. Right, right. And I think the little schedule is a little tougher than people are realizing, in my opinion. Man, you're giving the ACC too much credit, though. Like it, damn it. There's, there's well, they big, have to play, they have to play Notre Dame, too, Nick. That's another yeah. thing we need to remember. Notre Dame, Schmoder Dame. Come on. You, you, us Catholics are giving them too much credit. I'm telling you, don't sleep on the, these toppers, dude. I'm telling you. They found a quarterback. <laughs> oh, man. I love like a handful. Twitter too, because they got they got pretty active today too. They were they were pumped from there. Oh yeah, they, they had a I, which which that tweet is a lie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they couldn't. Now UK actually did. Uh, I had somebody reach out to me from there. It was like, no, we we've talked to them about playing a game, but it just it's not going to happen this year because we're full. Um, like, so sorry, but that you know that's that's them trying to to rustle some feathers and good for them. Uh, you know, it would uh, – you, you got to rally the troops. I just don't understand uh, the uh, – some of the, the Hilltopper fans that are like, oh, come on, we you, you don't want a piece of us. We'd, we'd kick your ass. I'm like, I get it. Tavion Hollingsworth, he's really good. He scored like 43 <laughs> points in a game last year. But, like, come on, Western. Like, chill out. You're with us, okay? You beat, beat up Louisville for us. Like, we're on the same side. You know, Brom Squad, 
Remember that? That was fun. So yeah, I, I don't. They know. are they are a feisty bunch. Yeah. I will say that. But hey, I, I you can't blame them. You got that mid major kind of fever. Yeah. You know, you get get a little froggy. Um, but yeah, you know, let, let's 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 put this train back on the tracks like it because the biggest thing that happened uh, while we were out uh, last week was Kentucky added two commitments. One Martez thrower, uh, he thrower, not a quarterback, a linebacker, and he'll play inside linebacker John Summerall at UK. He committed on July fourth. He did the classic Independence Day thing, which, as a as a person who typically would like to not work on those days, not a big fan of that trend. And our Cash Daniel, he certainly didn't start it, but he was the first big one I remember. Caleb where, Williams, the, the top quarterback in the country, committed on Fourth of July too. Where did, he, where did he end up coming? Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, and they had the QBU video. Um, yeah. The, the stat that I saw that was nuts. Lincoln Riley's, of his quarterbacks, the worst they finished in the Heisman voting was fourth. Because like, he's been to Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, give me a freaking break here, Lincoln Riley. Enough's enough. Um, but thrower commits on Saturday, and that was about three days after – Christian Lewis from uh, where at now? Birmingham area. Yeah, Pleasant Grove. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sub- is, Suburban is the Birmingham. hospital. Uh, Christian Lewis commits to Kentucky. Summerall gets two commitments in a week. He's up to five in this class. Vince Merrill's got six. So we're we're seeing a. It's it's this is weird. Like I think there's only been one other time where something similar happened, and that was when Eddie Grand. Had a big haul in South Florida where he had four or five. Yeah, 2017, uh, 2018. Yeah, they they had South a nice Florida little a run there. But this is this is one of those things like it. I remember I remember being in the hotel room at Missouri whenever they hired someone. I was like, "You son of a bitch! You called it. I I needed one random assistant name, and you <laughs> you nailed it. That Summerall would be the guy because of his ability to recruit in the South. And I didn't realize. Like I, I knew by talking to him that he would be good. And last year, we early on, we just saw him get some big visitors, like Quandarius Robinson, the kid who's at Alabama, who's like a yeah. five star. Like he, he got some visitors to come, but it's like, okay, you know. But he's, it's, it's going to be slim pickings for a little while. It's going to take some time. But he pulls off the surprise with Josiah Hayes, and now Kentucky instead of, I mean. Obviously, Merrill is going to end up getting being responsible for some of the bigger fish later on in the class. But Stoops put a lot on Summerall's shoulders in this class, and, and he's delivered. To me, I think the biggest thing is that they're pulling out of South Florida. They had, I believe, one guy last year, Sam Anelli, who was a transplant. Mm-hmm. And then you saw them really spray the board last year. They went to Louisiana, went to South Carolina went to Georgia, went to Tennessee mm-hmm. to get a bunch of guys. This year, they're really just hitting that deep south area hard, specifically south Georgia. You look at Martez Thrower, you look on the roster, Travis Tisdale, Quay Mahone, you look at Chauncey Magwood, Jamin Davis, who's on the roster right now. That's an area that you look at and you're like, whoa, they're really kind of hitting right. this area of the country hard for players. They like what they're, they're seeing out of this area. And thrower, when you throw on the tape, you see good things. He's going to be a guy on signing day where I'm like, this is one of my favorite players in this class. Really? Because he has he has this frame that 
He's listed at 6'3", like 205, 210. But he look, He looks like he can be 230 pounds after he eats a couple cheeseburgers. <laughs> like he has a frame that's going to fill out very quickly when he gets into a, a strength conditioning program. And he's a natural inside linebacker. He's going to be a Mike at Kentucky. Ooh, a Mike, not even a Will. He's going to play Mike. Because I, I thought the the point that you made uh... – in your, in your your film breakdown is like, hey, DeAndre Square and Jordan Jones, those dudes were both a little uh, light under the shoulder pads but, but played because above their weight. When I start watching that tape, that's just what you think. 208 pounds, okay, he's probably going to get 15 to 20. He might get up to 225-ish area. That's probably more likely a will, but that's not what you see when you, you turn on the tape. And I think football's changing a little bit too where you not necessarily you got to have that 240-pound thumper right. there in the middle. I, I like want a guy with some more speed. And I like instincts. when you see his the you 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 look and they they show the little circle where he is, and as the play develops, he doesn't really move, and then you see the Red Sea part, and he just goes right to the hole. Mm-hmm. There's no hesitation. There's no kind of dancing around. He sits. He reads. He reacts. He makes a play. Mm-hmm. Just technique wise, tackling drops hips, drops shoulder, drives. Mm-hmm. He knocks people backwards. He takes on – like, there's plays where he takes on offensive linemen at the second level, disengages them, and make, gets off and makes a tackle. He runs sideline to sideline and makes a couple plays. He, he looks the part. And he's a guy that he's not going to play right away. He needs a redshirt year. He needs to develop. Right, right, right. But you can just see some of the tools he has. And I think he's a guy Kentucky staff is very excited to get um, – Obviously, obviously, just me talking right now, I think he's a little bit better than his recruiting ranking. But he's a guy that I think you, you should be very excited about because he's more of a modern-day Mike linebacker. He's going to be 225, 230 pounds. He's going to be able to really run, but he can be really physical. He can really deliver a blow. He can hold his own against some big bodies in heavy traffic areas, which is what you have to do at that position. And you have to be an instinctual football player. And just like you talked about that patience and waiting just for the right moment to go and shoot a gap, he, he shows that on tape. So he's going to be a guy I'll be really excited to see. Hopefully he has senior tape. Hopefully they can play some football. <laughs> but he's the guy I think you should, people should be really excited about. And well, another it, guy who Arkansas really wanted, Kentucky keeps button heads against on their trail. Yeah, I believe Mississippi State was uh yeah they were in there in the, too in, in the mix for him as well uh i i, I also liked he he rocked the power k in his commitment video mm-hmm. great great move great decision uh to, th- to throw that on uh it's it's funny i i didn't know you were gonna say that about thrower because in, in talks that i've had was i'm i'm one of those like it that i i have a knack for just I, Fallen for edge rushers and receivers when I watch them on tape. And I've been fooled by receivers so much, but of all of the guys that Kentucky signed and since Mark Stoops became head coach back in 2013, I don't think there's been a receiver with a more diverse set of skills than Christian Lewis. And that's why he's going to be one of my favorites on signing day because the dude did does just a, a little bit of everything, um, and he, he's a big guy too. I think he's listed six three, like one ninety. So he's he's a big guy who can yeah, catch passes over top of you. But most of the plays he makes, it's 
catching uh, like a post going through traffic. Uh, there was one mm-hmm. play in particular. A lot of contested catches. Yeah, in in in, in one where the ball like. It's one of those catches that's a lot. It looks easier than what it is. Where there's two guys kind of crossing in front of his face, and the quarterback just makes a hell of a throw. And one mm-hmm. might have even gotten a finger on it. And he stops. It's behind him. He makes the grab, and yeah, that makes a jump cut and makes a guy miss. Oh man! Yeah. I mean, it's just one he of those like, damn, like that. That's mm-hmm. incredible body control incredible acceleration and he's great after the catch as well too so what what was the the stat that you had on him too what was his touchdown rate like touchdown rate was he, over a fourth of his catches were touchdowns it was like 26.7 percent <laughs> that's stupid and he's like yeah <laughs> he's not a it, this isn't cj conrad's you know once every five cat like cj conrad had that stat but he was only getting the ball 30 times a game this kid had well, he, he caught 75 balls yeah he had like almost 2,000 yards receiving and he's playing mm-hmm. 5a football in alabama they have seven classes and I think we talked about it a few weeks back when I was just kind of uh, bragging on him a little bit. But that state championship game, you know, uh, plays it down to the wire. He scores two touchdowns in that game. So, dude dude is a, is a ball player, and he's one of those, like, you know, obviously not every one of these kids that's highly ranked is going to move up or move down. But I'd be 100% certain that he would have made a big jump at a camp, kind of like how some of the other kids like Armand Scott have made some jumps since committing. Him and Scott both are kind of borderline four-star prospects. If they have monster senior seasons, I think both of them have a chance to jump up a level and get that that blue chip number by their name. Oh, yeah. Well, with Lewis <laughs> – with Lewis, when watching his tapes – it's very similar to Isaiah Cummings in a way because a lot of it is it's not much separation. There's teams coming, but they still find a way to make catches. So when you get to the next level, it's all right. It's all, it's like, all right, that's, that's good, but they still need to find some way. You got to be, you know, pressure man and get open and create some easy throws. Mm-hmm. But when you watch Christian Lewis run with the football, man, when he gets the ball, you can see like he does have athleticism. There is some wiggle. There's some making miss ability. Some juice there, right? There's some juice in there. So that should develop into in your route tree. You should be able to apply those skills where you can get good at certain type of routes to be able to create that separation. So I think that's a reason to get excited for him. I think he has a very high floor. I think he's going to come in. I think he's got a chance to play as a true freshman. But the biggest thing to take away, though, like you talked about receivers, I just get – they sucker me in. I fall for them <laughs> every time. The reason you should get excited, though, Nick, is they're bringing in a lot of guys like this from a recruiting ranking level. All these guys, they're higher rated guys than they've gotten before. So just by pulling in all these guys, throwing stuff at the wall, a few of them are going to stick gonna and play to up to that level. ranking or play above that ranking. And that in itself is going to give Kentucky its best receiver core it's had in the Mark Stoops era because it hasn't been good since he's been here for a bunch of different reasons. Well, and I, I know Notre Dame was a school that was that was hot and heavy in, on Lewis for a while. Um, so that kind of if, – if you need that to kind of give you a scope of where things are at, I know Louisville really tried to get on them and they're – you know, they, they love their receivers – 
just look at that justify cover um i'll tell you that but the 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 point you made and i believe it was a recruiting roundup or hell i don't know but there you you can by putting an emphasis on the wide receiver i think it it shows they're recognizing a problem and they're also saying this is going to be more part of our offense than it was in the past and then it, this will be a bigger part of our offense in the future than it is in the past. So uh, obviously that's the case when you have the Lynn Bowden thing happening, but they're, they're giving Bo Allen some tools to throw with. Uh, like you're not going to recruit a guy like that and not have anybody get the ball. When through. Bo Allen takes over or after enjoy Gatewood's probably second year, whenever they're the quarterback. So let's fast 2022, 23 Kentucky's offense. is going to be a passing offense in that. That's going to be the strength of the team is being able to throw the football. Now, if they can develop some of these running backs and keep this O-line mm-hmm. bad assery, keep that pumping, keep that <laughs> hanging around, then they're really going to have something on offense. But it's clear in their staff meetings right now or in the past, they've, they've said we have to fix this wide receiver position. We have to. To keep up with the Joneses, to keep up with what LSU just did last year, LSU, the most man-ball team that ever man-balled, went out and said, we're just changing our offense and we're going to throw the ball, you know, 40, 50 times a game. And they scored 78 points a game. And they had every single season record broken and all that. And Alabama's doing the same thing. And so the top level is changing. And I think around the league, it's either you're going to have to keep up or you're going to get past. I think what Kentucky has done in the past is found a winning formula Mm-hmm. With what and it's have. worked, but I think they also realize that they have to do some developing as well. They are evolving as well. They need to be able to throw the football, and I think that's that's what they're getting to. And I think whenever Bo Allen gets under center for the first time, he starts as planned for Kentucky. He's going to have a lot of dudes to throw the football to. No, I I, I got distracted when you talked about LSU because. Uh, I noticed that Miles Brennan was showing off his rings today. They got three rings for – I guess they got an Did SEC. they get three? They got three. Ah, yeah. Because – so I, SEC I knew – college football playoff and that championship. I knew that the college football playoff makes – like they give out their own rings to all four teams every year no matter what. And it's basically just the – Yeah, I was just thinking they had a – I was just thinking they had three and they got the pick from one. I that's I didn't give them. Yeah, so I think what LSU has done because the the school would pay for the other two. So LSU instead of just giving them a national championship ring that's like a hey here's everything on it, they also gave them an SEC championship one with it as well. Ah, uh. <laughs> and they're pretty. I mean, the the. Uh, the, the SEC championship one might be the coolest because it's got the tiger on the front. That's pretty balling. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty sweet. I looked at them before we got on here. And I, I don't. I just don't know how I feel about the college football playoff trophy in general. Like, I don't. I don't like it. Yeah. Like, can we not just have like a big ass cup or something? Well, I don't know why they couldn't keep the crystal ball. I thought that was. Yeah, cool. that was great. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know why they had to change it up from that. I mean, I guess it's branding, all that kind of junk, but whatever. Uh, and I also, when, when I clicked on Twitter, I thought I saw something about a mask-wearing ordinance. 
which was going to allow me to be my segue that did you see the the mask that uh, shut is making that that teams could wear as a face covering on their helmets during games yeah you talking about just like the full face visor yeah it's gonna look like to me yeah just like a two-piece visor essentially and like the bottom has kind of air like vents on the side to give them some breathing room do you do you think this uh, that that teams will be wearing those this fall do you think that would be something that would be kind of uh everywhere i could see it developing into that for sure i don't know i do mean yeah yeah this stuff changes all the time but yeah i could definitely see that being a thing that a lot of people use yeah yeah and i i mean you know what if that's what you got to do to play then you know what? We're gonna slap those suckers on. We're gonna play some ball. We're gonna play some ball, damn it. And I don't the, the early reviews were that hey, it doesn't fog up, it's pretty easy to breathe. And you know what? If it checks those two boxes and you don't get too hot, then by God, uh, let, let's play ball. Let, let's let's get going around Labor Day. I know um this uh this second wave of stuff's freaking some people out, but hey, the, the folks at UK, they're still um we reported earlier this week that mitch barnhart's selling donors you know our goal is to get 50 percent of fans in the stands uh so i do, do you think that that target will be met like it do you think we will have 50 percent fans in the stands this fall oh i, I don't know i want to say no it just it just doesn't seem like it with the way things are heading like i think what they'll get down to is probably like 25 percent and just and tarp think- off the upper deck I think it's a mo- it's it's a thing too where it's like as we've kind of slowly reopened people are just instead of wearing masks everywhere they're just kind of going back to normal so you, then you can't you know you, you can't be as liberal with other things if you're not you know wearing your mask just going to i don't know what people do anymore i don't do it <laughs> i'm very interested to see if it's let's say let's just say forty percent can come to the games, mm-hmm. but they can't tailgate. Well, what's the point of uh, like a lot of people <laughs> I know are just like, well, I'm like I'm just not gonna go. I'll just sit here or I'll go up to uh, Smokey's Sports Bar and watch the game outside on his nice patio. Damn it, it's KS Bar and Grill. Like it, come on. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, KS Bar and Grill. Yeah, Jesus, be a company man for once, David. <laughs> yeah, um, well, or why you could do you could do that, or go to your man cave where you ain't got to worry about people yeah. mass shaming you. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm. You know what? You picked a good time because, to get your man cave, though. Hey, are you ain't kidding? Because that's that's <laughs> another thing. Because that's 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 the deal, man. That's part of what it makes it so awesome. Like you talk about. If you're asking Adam to rank his top ten beers of the year, two of them happened at, at Kroger Field. First one is the first tailgate of the year. The first one I opened there at Kroger mm-hmm. Field. The second one is the first cold weather tailgate of the year. The oh, first you... cold cold weather beer where it's you have to have gloves on, you have to have a hoodie or two hoodies on. That beer right there is one of the best beers you can have. Yeah, you got so the... if you take you take all that away, it's just it's, I don't. I think it's going to turn a lot of people off. I'll be very you, interested to see. You got the receiver gloves too, right? Oh yeah, football guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I believe it was just like a headband too, so you could still have keep the visor on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. I love, uh, I, I'm I'm one of those that I I would I would like for there to be some sort of fans there just to give 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's the be, atmosphere it's without weird. fans would be just because there's no there's no other American sport that relies on fans quite like college football because the fans yeah. are what make it so great. In, NFL football um, in general, like in 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 the NFL though too, you don't get the same. Uh, I mean, uh, like there are some kooky. The, the fan experience is different, right? And, and if, they're both fun. Both the games are fun to go to, but, but like their the Bills different. are the only real place that's kind of similar to college in the just like all about mayhem that you feel. Whereas like the NFL, you get some like crazy fights and all that kind of junk. Well, but NFL is also playing Sunday at like noon in most of the country, noon Central Time. Yeah. So I I just think it's set up a diff- little different where where college it's a lot for a lot of people it's going back to your old college town meeting up with the old going guys. Back, yeah it's going back and hanging out with people you hung out with, with when you're 21 years old oh man and it's a lot like well I usually only drink six beers but today I'm drinking ten because I'm back <laughs> with all my college buddies so oh, it's it, I think it's the yeah. mindset of it is a lot different which no, I think you're, is part of the reason exactly makes it great right. yeah. Oh man, the thing that that sucks, like for Kentucky fans, couldn't this be the year that you have Arkansas at home instead of a trip to the Plains? You know, mm-hmm. like this would be the one damn time you get to go to the Plains yeah. like a decade. We were, and, we were planning on going to Auburn. I just don't know if I want to do it with. Well, and even if we'll this, be allowed, I don't to, even know if I can get to. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, I'm kind of having in my mind that only players' families will be traveling road fans mm-hmm. like that's kind of just what i've got in my mind so i don't know it's it's going to be weird but hey if we got football it's better than no football yeah. are you that against uh them piping in noise no not at all as I'm long as it's so like not long as it's not over the top but i don't think it's that right right right, right. but if there's a, if of... there's a little bit of noise so like when i watch the whatever soccer games when it's basically like oh well here's live sports on and you can hear it, but it's not like that's what I turned on a soccer game because I was wondering if is it as crazy as they as they're saying it, it is. It really. Just and I turned it on it, and like you could tell like it's weird because there's no one in stands, but I don't think it makes too big of a difference. And I think it's a more natural yes feeling it makes for the it, players and for people watching it to know to have that in the background. It it does just there. It makes it feel more natural, and it's not overwhelming because, uh, and you know they've got like a DJ there that's trying to make it, um, not too over the top and to mm-hmm. where because like the thing that I just just don't give the speakers to the people in Mississippi State like uh, we don't. <laughs> oh, because I, I could just see Stingray. They're Steve already piping crowd in noise pr- anyway. Yeah, Stingray. I, there's Steve no way ca- cowbells are that loud. a damn cowbell next to a mega. They're already in piping the in crowd noise down there, Starkville. I just. Um, <laughs> have we done a podcast since Mike Leach mask pop Kiffin? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man, the egg bowl. It's so great. I need, Alan, oh man, it is. I think I saw where uh, you know people were talking about. Well, what do we make the state flag of Mississippi? We change it, and it's just DK Metcalf pissing on <laughs> dog pissing on the field. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it too if it was just a carton of eggs or just like a bunch of eggs. Uh, it just be half cow, half cowbell, half shark. Right oh, the and then an egg in the middle. Oh, yeah. you got to throw the bone people, to people in Hattiesburg. Yeah, yeah, you got to throw them bone as well. But the Mike Leach mask pop, also. Mike Leach in general, just 
he, he looks so fish out of water. You know, you know, he, <laughs> here's the thing I love, you know, him, right? Him and Kiffin both. Kiffin is down in Boca fishing for tarpon and chilling out on his million dollar home. And Leach is just kicking it in Key West. Neither yeah. one of them SOBs is living in Mississippi right now. <laughs> you know, they're, they're the highest paid employees in the state. They're in South Florida just living like two rich white dudes. Like Kings. Oh, man, man. I can't think of a more perfect place for Mike Leach than Key West. Have you ever been to Key West like it? Yeah, one time. Oh, man. I, 2017, I, I believe. I had a ball there because it, it, yeah, it's, it's a it. place where us kind of people like – it does, you're all the same, you know, and yeah, I, you, you couldn't, Mike, Mike Leach is the most normal person there. Just like, yeah, he's probably got a lot of money. We don't really know what he does. He's a little odd and he comes here and he orders, uh, you know, uh, a Harvey wall banger every day. And you're like, he rents bikes from bike shops and Who drives them around. That? Yeah. Like just very odd kind of, Oh man. And it's, and the fact that he had to, I'm, I'm sure there was part of him that was like, well, I guess this is what you do when you coach in Mississippi. You got to go to the Capitol and <laughs> welcome to the Egg Bowl. Take, take the Confederate flag down, and you know what? Let's just let's one up that bastard down in Oxford real quick with the little mass pop. Oh, it was. Oh, and that was our weekly segment on the Egg Bowl. Uh, we'll be back for more next week here on Eleven Personnel. Um, <laughs> like there was one other thing I wanted to, to bring up uh, because I saw an article today. You ever heard the name Howard Brown? Doesn't Howard. ring any bells. Well, he—it's probably he wasn't the most heralded recruit. He was only a three-star. Twenty-four-seven uh, lists him as the 49th-ranked defensive tackle in the country, and uh, it's pretty solid. He's from Kansas City. Well, except he's not a defensive tackle. He's a quarterback. He's going to play quarterback at Iowa I did, State. <laughs> I did see that the six-two, two seventy-five. Yeah, quarterback yeah, was, I he, did see he's committed to Iowa State. I did see that today. Yeah, it was uh 24-7 wrote the article. He's he's gonna be 303. So uh Jared is smiling down on Howard Brown right now. Uh <laughs> I need to watch the tape. Yeah, uh they got a, a little bit of them here. And and the thing that I enjoyed most is they were like uh in in a close game, the coach was like, Yeah, we not really sure what happened. He just barreled through like four guys and ran into the end zone. <laughs> so he accounted for 6,000 yards and 82 touchdowns over the last three Where's years he at quarterback. Play? Uh, Lincoln Kansas College City? Prep in Kansas City. Yeah. So, which sounds like a, a nice school. Imagine so, being a pretty tough, hard nosed, 5'10, 190 pound linebacker in the Missouri <sighs> High School League. And you're defending Power O, and here, there comes that quarterback running QB oh power God. right down your throat. Well, and, and unlike Jared, you know, Jared, he he always laughed all the time about all the interceptions he threw because he didn't care. He'd just sling it. This dude, 17 touchdowns, two picks on an 11-1 and one team last year. That's crazy. I'm That's assuming crazy. he probably threw 12 to 15 times a game. Yeah, I mean, he's not throwing them a lot. But you know what? Doesn't matter. See, Iowa State is the perfect place for him. Actually, Iowa is more perfect because it's just him throwing to, like, you know, tight ends that are the same size as him. So, uh, e either way, remember the name Howard Brown. Just put a pin in that name and go check out his highlights on Huddle, and it, you'll, you'll enjoy it thoroughly. I promise you. I'll make a mental note. Yeah. Um, but other than that, look, it, I don't think I got much more for us today. 
No, I think that about does it. We're just waiting, seeing yeah. how this COVID-19 situation plays out with practice starting up here fairly shortly. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Did you see that picture of Brendan Bates? Holy crap. I, I did. I did not recognize him at all. And to be candid, he was always the guy that was like, man, is this – like he just – he kind of looks like a little receiver, you know? Like is he ever going to turn into a tight end? Well, it looks like he's turning into a tight end. Look at That tight end position, important part of the offense this year. I think Keaton Upshaw in many ways is probably their X factor. And if they're able to do stuff with him, like line him up outside a lot, use him different ways in the passing game, that well, can get them in 12 personnel, and that can give Terry Wilson a lot of uh, favorable matchups uh, when reading defenses and making throws. It can make his life a lot easier if Keaton Upshaw is able to become this go-to type receiver in intermediate routes. Well, and – the thing that I, I think they would have liked to have gone 12 personnel more last year, but Upshaw's well, not a great blocker. And I, I think ideally they'd use him out of the H-back position where uh, it, it looks like a counter, but then he uh, leaks out, uh, you know, seven yards down the field. Two guys kind of who were the hurt, hurt the most with the quarterback situation last year were Keaton Upshaw and Ahmad Wagner. Yeah, yeah. The big guys that – just throw it up to him, and I mean, they were, I think they were both going to have uh, some big seasons. Just look at the Florida game, how they kind of used them, mm-hmm. and you just didn't get to see it all season. But he's a guy. I think we we need to remember. Not a lot of people are talking about. Not a lot of people know about. But if he plays to his potential, he's got a chance to really be kind of a household name heading into twenty twenty one. Man, and he is so damn big, and like. Folks, I know you. You don't. You he's, an, he, he's an NFL player at home, but like in the many years that I've done this media business stuff, well, sizing up, folks, is square. I'm a big guy. There's there's only been three football players that have been taller than me. I guess four if you count John Grunschlager. Remember him, New Cath. Yeah. We had a seven footer. I, I had to play against him. He, he had a little brother too that was enormous. We played against him in high school, but um, it was great. Just yeah, just cut him. Yeah, they're, they're down, down like a beach whale. Um, but Calvin Taylor's one of them. He's every bit of six nine. Wagner, he's he's a little bit taller than me. He's like a legit six six and change. A little bit taller than me. Upshaw is every bit of six seven. Dude is enormous and. Once he gets it all figured out, he's going to be great. And I think he's the, – the benefit of having a – I'm in trouble, let me just throw it up to this guy and have him go do something can help out Terry Wilson so much. So, I, I hope that from a run blocking perspective, they can use him enough as that H back to be able to do stuff out of out of run sets um, and, and keep him on the field more because I, I, th- I really think that's the only thing that was limiting his snaps last year was that they didn't trust him that much blocking downfield. One thing I would like to see more with Grant's offense is utilizing play action. Mm-hmm. And I think you get into 12 personnel a lot, that's something you could really take advantage of. Yes, okay. and 12 personnel, one hat, tailback, two mm-hmm. tight ends. And what that essentially does – it's daring the defense. It's either we're just please bring in defense to the back. If you do it, we're just going to run it right down your throat. Right, right. But if you don't, 
you're in base and with our hybrid type tight end receiver, mm-hmm. he's going to be more than not matched up with a linebacker or you're going to have to bring a safety down where you're only going to be single high. And then it'll just, it just, that, that, that's a very advantageous situation for an offense, specifically a quarterback in the passing game, because it makes things a lot easier for them if you can pull it off. And I think Kentucky can pull it off with Upshaw and Rig, and then maybe Bates or Ogninovich in the game. We'll see. Riggs. Riggs. Which that's a guy too, Nick. We're not no one will talk about, but he yeah. looks the part. Yeah, and he's he's been he's he's a he's a step uh, a staple. I mean, hell, it's his third year of playing consistently. So mm-hmm. that's eleven personnel talking twelve personnel. How do you like that? Like <laughs> it? They had to switch it up a little bit. I don't know, man. That's hey, that's podcast. Um, Hell, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it's a podcast palindrome. We started, we were a day apart on our anniversaries. We end a number apart on our personnels. We're changing things up a little bit, getting a little wacky here in the middle of July. I mean, folks, if all goes according to plan, we're going to be kicking off football season in one, two, three. I mean, they're going to be practicing in three weeks. Like it. Week zero teams will be practicing like a week and a half. Yeah, we're not that far from football, folks. So just do a mask, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay safe out there. Listen to Andy Bashir. I actually don't listen to him. Those things are really boring. But we're going to get through this, folks, and we're going to have some football at the end of the tunnel. Thanks for making it to the end with us uh, and, and putting up with us for being gone for a week. But happy to be back. Happy to talk to you tonight, Luckett. It, it's been a pleasure. Always fun, my man. And folks, remember, as always, go Cats, go Krogering. We'll see you all next week here on 11 Personnel.